What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. On October 14th, 2007, a new reality show premiered on E! Entertainment Television that would go on to change not only the landscape of reality TV, but also the landscape of pop culture. Your sister's going to jail. Have a little compassion. Oh, Damn, shut up. You're so into yourself. Oh my God, get over yourself. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? Keeping up with the Kardashians was an instant hit, partly because people were curious to see what the big deal was about about this blended family who, at the time, were probably best known for their connection to the O.J. Simpson trial, and that the second eldest daughter, Kim Kardashian, had been a personal assistant to the other massive reality star of the era, Paris Hilton. When people ultimately tuned in, they usually fell into two camps. You either loathe them for their lack of talent, which Barbara Walters famously pointed out. You are all often described as famous for being famous. You don't really act. You don't sing. You don't dance. You don't have any, forgive me, any talent. But we're still entertaining people. I think it's more of a challenge for you to go on a reality show and get people to fall in love with you for being you. So there is definitely a lot more pressure, I think, to be famous for being ourselves than to but play a character. But I don't think we disagree. Like, none of we us think have... we have talents. Like, none of us think we could sing or act or dance. Or you loved them for reasons that were difficult to describe. Was it because they were relatable? Not really. Was it because they were unique? Also, not Actually, no, not really. They just had this thing where you had to watch what they did, partly to judge them, sure, but also partly to just kind of enjoy the ride and block out your own life. Since 2007, we as a culture have been on the Kardashian train, for better or worse. Now, at this point, everyone knows this, but here's a refresher course on the family. Kris Jenner had four children with the late Robert Kardashian, who famously was O.J. Simpson's close friend and one of the lawyers during Simpson's murder trial. Those kids included Courtney, Kim, Chloe, and Rob. After Kris divorced Robert Kardashian, she married Caitlyn Jenner and had two daughters with her, Kendall and Kylie. These six kids would go on to define so many aspects of popular culture— from entertainment to business to even presidential politics thanks to Kim's prison reform work, the Kardashian name has been a mainstay of the news cycle year after year. Keeping up with the Kardashians ended in June of 2021, shortly to be followed by the Kardashians on Hulu in 2022. If you've watched the new series, you've probably noticed a change in tone. While keeping up with the Kardashians always maintained a silly narrative featuring the hijinks of the girls, The Hulu series shows the girls as the superstars they are. We see their mansions, their wealth, how out of touch they've become. And that's not a judgment of them. It's just a reality. Considering how famous they are now, it's not a surprise that they're out of touch. But watching the new series, you can tell that the family has a much larger say in the editing of the show. Which makes me wonder, with this new era of the Kardashians, with them fully in control of their narrative... 
How will it impact their cultural footprint? With the second season of The Kardashians on Hulu coming to a close, are we watching the end of the Kardashian brand? Or just the beginning of a new era? Are the Kardashians still culturally relevant? To help me answer this question, I invited one of the biggest fans of the Kardashians I know, Naomi Smalls from RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, full disclosure, Naomi is a close personal friend, which you'll be able to tell from our conversation. We've bonded over our enjoyment, fascination, sometimes even confusion over the Kardashians for years now. We talk about how Naomi first became interested in the Kardashians and explore the impact the Kardashian family has had on pop culture, social media, and so much more. So sit back, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Naomi Smalls. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. So after this season of the Kardashians, it we just were talking about how it was kind of boring, wasn't it? It was a little... Okay, I understand, too, the common viewer. <laughs> it was not very eventful. I mean, there are things, as you and I, who are, like, longtime fans, we, of course, love to see, and we text each other about how obsessed we are about these certain things. But, in general, just looking at it, even from, like, a basic viewer's point of view, it was kind of a snooze. But I should preface this. <laughs> I will... Always be excited to watch an episode of Kardashians, no matter what I get, no matter what kind of sneak peek I get. But in comparison to the first season flex that they really dropped on Hulu, yeah, Yeah. it was a little much of it was a little much, a little more, a little bit more snoozy. Yeah, it was, it was. And there's also something about, and this is something that, like, I know you and I've talked about before, that the move from from being on E with with it being keeping up with the Kardashians, which they ended a couple years ago. And then transitioning to this Hulu show, The Kardashians, where they now control the edit. Now, of course, they, right. they, they were able to give their suggestions on keeping up with The Kardashians. But you could tell that, like, something in the tone is different. Even with the first season of The Kardashians, like, you can tell that they have control over this edit. Do you think that's impacted the show in, like, a, in a good way or a bad way? Probably in a bad way, yeah. because I think when it was on a different network and they were like, oh, no, we're keeping it because we know it's going to be good TV in comparison yeah. to like, oh, you, I mean, you can get rid of it if you want to. Yeah. It's yeah. probably such like a mind fuck because you, I don't know if they necessarily know what we really, really care about mm. or if they even care what we really care about because we want to see like actually what's behind the scenes of the tabloids that they're like trying to run from. So when did you, let me, let's start back at the beginning. When did you first fall in love with the Kardashians? Well, I think that I always had a very unhealthy obsession with Hollywood. Okay. And I think it stemmed from my mom buying tabloid magazines mm, which one i loved a good tabloid. i mean literally star yes us, people yeah national Enquirer. see i don't even consider people a tabloid that's just like the bible okay but people say that people tells the truth <laughs> but also like it i don't know it, it really doesn't it doesn't at all good props to people for like 
keeping such a high yeah. reputation. But I think that my mom used to see how interested I was in it. Yeah. And she wanted to keep it from me. Oh. So she used to hide them. She like, would hide people magazines. She magazine. would hide the tabloid magazines. Wow. Um, one, because she knew I was like unhealth. I was way more interested in the tabloids than my academics. Yeah. And two, yeah. because I wanted to cut them up and make collages and put them all over my wall. <laughs> um, so growing up, I always just had like a fascination for socialites. So yeah. I think my obsession with the Kardashians is just from being like a long time yeah. appreciator. I love a good tabloid moment. And the Kardashians really kind of, they personified tabloid culture in sort of a slow burn way because people knew of Kim mm -hmm. Kardashian before with Paris Hilton and stuff, but not very well. I mean, only people who were truly obsessed with Paris Hilton. So like, what was your entryway into the Kardashians then? Specifically, like, I'm sure you're obsessed with tabloids, but like, when did the Kardashians hit for you? Um, also, something that was kept from me was like inappropriate television. Oh. And my mom considered MTV, VH1, oh God, so embarrassing, BET. Really? And E were just like blocked channels. <gasps> so being a like a little shysty kid that I was, I yeah. like figured out the password to the television, <laughs> the parental controls, and I just fell into keeping up with Kardashians because I fell into simple life beforehand. So I was oh. really obsessed with Paris and Nicole first. It is kind of amazing how the domino effect from the simple life, both in terms of the Kardashians, but also real housewives because Paris, Paris Hilton is the niece of Kyle Richards on right. real housewives. I mean, it's so wild. You just kind of like realize how small Hollywood is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but so, okay. So you're, you're obsessed with the simple life and then this new show comes out, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and it comes out in, like, what, 2007 or something, I forget. And you were, like, a kid. You were, like, a 10 years old or something at that time, right? Yeah, and I wasn't actually obsessed with Kardashians the moment it came out. I think it took a couple seasons for me to be like, oh, wow, I love this, and then yeah. go back and watch everything else. Yeah. Um, I definitely have watched every single episode now. Yeah. But I really love watching for, like, I think those girls just, like, reinvented what a California girl wants to be. Yeah. And like what the whole world wants to be. Because mm -hmm. like, I remember growing up, it was like, because I'm from Southern California and everyone wanted to be like, I guess Giselle or like a Victoria's Secret model yeah. with like blonde wavy hair. Mm -hmm. Like now everyone wants to be these like Armenian hybrid goddesses. That's something that always stood out to me about the Kardashians is that it, in a weird way, the world at that time, and the world for all time, really, at least modern popular culture, the the one aesthetic that has been sort of predominant is this sort of obsession with tall, skinny, blonde. That yes. is the standard of beauty. That is, and that's what the stereotype is, that that is the standard of beauty, and that's what we strive for. And when the Kardashians came, here were these beautiful women, beautiful, gorgeous women, but they weren't what we would see on television a lot. And it was the same time that like, J-Lo was becoming really, really, really big. I mean, she had already been big for a while, but like, mm -hmm. and she also changed sort of, I think in a lot of ways, the standard of beauty and the, the different sort of look at different sizes of women and shapes and, you know, all these different things. And the Kardashians really sort of cemented it in a lot of ways. It's, that's part has always kind of blown me away. Which is powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. And I got to give it up. I mean, but they also were trashy. 
Let's be real. Yes. Yes. I mean, they were it's just like the humility that we have to love. <laughs> and we look back and we watch and like, oh, you really did it. Yeah. Like you called your own paparazzi shoots. You made them follow you to Kitson. Like yeah. you really put yourself out there. Because of a sex tape in a lot of ways. Yes. Which is like even more indicative of the era that we were able to make a superstar, quite literally, out of someone who came from the bottom and worked them worked themselves up in a lot of ways. And and the mother, Chris Jenner, sort of honed in on that and figured that that's not going to be usually in years time that would be, you know, a setback if you had an affair or if you had some sort of embarrassing thing for a celebrity, especially a young celebrity, that would be a setback. But Kim, it's the start of her career in a lot of ways. And it's different because like with Kim, you weren't like It'd be different, I think, if, like, Lindsay Lohan came. Or, like, guess like, Paris Hilton. And someone who had, like, a younger audience. Yeah. Or, like, you knew them when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't really know anything about the Kardashian family when they were minors. No. You know? No. So, if the the star of Parent Trap came out with a sex tape, maybe she wouldn't work again. But yeah. Kim wasn't, like, an, a paid actress at the time. Well, because time. she had the other thing against her in that, like... When she was an adolescent, she was watching her father be a lawyer for O.J. Simpson during the O.J. trial. That's when she was a teenager. Right. Which is another setback that should prevent you from becoming a major superstar. And yet, odds against her. Truly, truly. But they kind of presented themselves in a lot of ways as sort of like this, the modern American comedy family in a way. Because it was, I mean, the Kardashian, it was never, it was always sort of like edited funny like, it was a funny show in right. a lot of ways. The antics they the would get into. Exactly. And it kind of was like, it was like family matters, but in reality television in a lot of ways, you know? For sure. Like, it's kind of wild to think about that they sort of redefined how we look at family in a lot of ways, too, on reality television. Yes. And I think it's also helps that there's like a a cult of Kardashians pretty much when you have so many different person, when you have so many people, period, you're going to come in contact with so many different personalities. Mm -hmm. And then when you put money, a camera crew and a spotlight on them. Yeah. Cause I really think that they just like did not hold back the first season. I mean, there was a video recently where Kim was talking about, she has a wall in her office or something, um, or compound, it looked more like. And <laughs> it, it, they were all her magazine covers, right? And it was like from the first one to, of course, now with like Vogue and stuff. And her first one was like something ridiculous, like Cigar Aficionado or something. Like mm-hmm. something, she just wanted to be on the cover of a magazine, which to, to like a normal person, it's kind of ridiculous that that like that's your life goal or that that's like she it doesn't matter what the magazine is like she even said that in the video it doesn't matter what the magazine is i just want to be on the cover of it and she got it in a lot of ways and like how do you for me it's always and i struggle with this too where there's the 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 vainness of the kardashians and how vapid they really kind of are in a lot of ways but yet i love it at the same time how do you respond to people who sort of scoff at your love of the Kardashians because they are so vain. I don't know. I guess I would, for a long time there, I was replying to people who didn't like the Kardashians. as just like, you're a hater because (laughs) if you could get paid amounts of money to post on social media or show up at a ribbon cutting event or sell some hair extensions, I'm Mm -hmm. sure you would too. Yeah. And I 
think it comes with the price being them. Like mm-hmm. fame absolutely comes with the price. And I'm sure that they've had their amounts of times where they're like, do I even want this or am I oh, happy? Yeah. She was the victim of a robbery in Paris, Kim was. Right. So like, yeah. That really puts some things puts in, some perspective. Things in perspective. Exactly. Um, but I also understand why people hate them. Yeah. But I don't think that they're doing anything that constantly is harming others. I, I would agree. I think there's a lot of, I think smart people, and I say that in sort of quotes, smart people want to hate on things that are simplistic or average. I mean, I come from Missouri and like, I'm used to people making fun of where I come from because it's a flyover state, quote unquote, or it's like, you know, my parents are from the South. So clearly they're quote unquote dumb or whatever it is. Like I'm used to, and I'll say, I'll just be very direct. I'm used to like coastal people making fun of where I come from and the people I come from and how I've sort of grown up. And in a lot of ways, I think when people make fun of the Kardashians, they're just kind of like embarrassed to like them because they, they're they they're trying to keep up appearances in a lot of ways mm-hmm. of being like, oh, I like sophisticated television or I like scripted dramas or whatever it is. And it's like, well, I like a scripted drama too, but I also like when Chloe got her eyes threaded, her eyebrows threaded. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like those are, mo- and her face swelled up and stuff. Like I like, the, I mean, it's it's entertaining to me and there's something... I think we want to like shame people for liking simplistic things, Mm -hmm. but it's really the simplistic things that kind of become the things that like define what we watch on television in a lot of ways, you know, for sure. It's hard to have that. Like when it's hard to like know where the conversation is going to go when someone just, it can be the Kardashians. It could be mushrooms. It could be a banana. When someone says, I hate this. Like, how are you supposed to respond to that? I have no idea. They were saying that to, like, how you're expressing joy from it. Yeah. Like, I, for my work, have to watch and interview different types of people from different walks of life. And sometimes I'm very excited about the people I talk with, like today. Mm -hmm. Or other times, I don't know much about them. But I do my homework and I research and I try to understand what people are interested in, why people are interested in this thing. Because... I'm a curious person who wants to like understand these things and how the world works. And I think in a lot of ways, if you scoff at the Kardashians and their impact on sort of television and society and culture in general, you kind of like are refusing. It's kind of like the people who are like, well, back in my day, things were easier. And it's like, well, it's 2022 and things have changed. So it's like when people complain about social media and there's a lot of things to complain about, but it's there. It's not going anywhere. Right. So you either stop complaining about it and learn how to either avoid it or live with it, or maybe try to understand why people like it. You know? Yeah. It's wild to me. It's wild to me. So which is your favorite Kardashian then? Oh, Kim is for sure the goat. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. It's hard to deny, but almost as like, you can't even say her because she's, of course, everyone likes her. Yeah. Of course she's going to be the favorite. I don't know. You don't think so? I don't think so. Oh, why? I mean, is Kim your favorite? I, I mean, well, no. I would say I... I, <laughs> <laughs> my point proven. No, like, but I like her, but I do like her. So, like, I, I don't even factor her into my favorites because mm-hmm. to me, she's just sort of, like, there. Like, she's just, like, she's the one. So, like, of course I'm going to like her. It's like, it's like liking the Spice Girls. I like all of them, but I'm always going to have a something in my heart for like baby spice. Cause she's fun. You know yeah. what I mean? And she's just like the one I responded to her and yeah. Yeah. Baby. But like for the Kardashians. So Kim is just 
the North. She's like the she's the one. Mm-hmm. She is the one that is always there. And I, of course, I love her. But I have to say, I do. I've always thought Chris Jenner was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Chris Jenner, I and mean, people hate on me for that. No, they would not be who they are without Chris Jenner. Thank you. And Chris Jenner, I think, is just such. She's so classy. She is so classy. <laughs> she's so, but she's but she's classy, trashy. Yes, there's a difference. Well, she just she aspires the best. Yes, and yes. she's also not afraid to look her worst she understands i think the real world and i say that in air quotes in in ways that like i don't think any of the other girls do mm. and she understands i think what people respond to like i want to see chris jenner walk through costco get samples and buy a cart full of wine because you know that's what she's going to do yeah and that's and that's what we want to see chris jenner do and she knows that. <laughs> and that is the difference. Whereas the other girls, I don't think... Like they have to put it on a little bit more. They either have to be told or they have... Because, I mean, they're, they're I think, detached from reality in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. At least the reality that, like, of what the audience is sort of watching them for. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I will have to say I love them all for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, Kim is just the GOAT because she's the GOAT. Yeah, of course. And I love the glam. Yeah. And she strives for the best. Yeah. You know. Chloe... I mean, she I know she hates it. And yeah. on this soup on this Hulu, she mentioned a million times like the supercut of like, I'm resilient. Blah, yeah. Blah. Yeah. But she I mean, she's been through some shit. She really has. And I do think she has like a good attitude at life. I think she's had it the worst. But Courtney, yeah. I think I'm the most like <laughs> <laughs> everyone hates her, but like I definitely relate to a lot of the things. What about that, Courtney? Mm, so she's the oldest, right? She's the oldest. Yeah. She can hold a grudge. Yes. Um, she, I think, goes negative before she goes positive. <laughs> I will say that is very us. Right? Like, based on our friendship, we will immediately start with, can you believe this? Mm-hmm. And then go with, well, I guess it's not so bad. Well, when you look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's the basis of our friendship. Just five matcha lattes. <laughs> And a trip to Disneyland yes. and maybe I'll soften up. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, Kendall is like the body to yeah, me. Like, yeah. I mean, she's the most annoying to me. I think I'll be she- honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. Kendall, there's something about Kendall that I'm just like, okay, girl. I think that Kylie probably has the what you were saying, like an understanding, like Chris has. Yeah. Like she knows what people want from her, and Kylie's she can very that use it. Yes. Um, but also, I think that Kendall and Kylie were so lucky to take a backseat and watch how it worked for everybody yeah. else before they got to like really make their stamp on the world. That's so true. And isn't Kylie like the most followed of all of them? Like, doesn't she have the highest numbers and stuff? I feel like she does. I feel like she has. I mean, I don't know now that Kim has skims, yeah, but like, true. I think she was like the most successful there. Yeah, and she's the youngest, so it's which like, is insane to me. Got to give it up. For I that. don't. I mean, yeah, c- completely. I. If I had to choose someone other than Chris Jenner, I will always go towards Chloe. Chloe yeah. is everything to me. I love Good American. That's the thing that's so interesting about them. So Good American is her jeans company, her clothing company, and they all have some sort of company attached to them, some sort of product for the most part. I mean, the big ones are, of course, Kim, Kylie, and Chloe that have the stuff attached to them. But they all kind of have something, deals or whatever. What, like, what impact do you think they've had on sort of business and like i mean i know you and i purchase their products like Mm -hmm. what do you think they're actually business people can we successfully call them business people i mean 
coming from someone who is not business savvy, I respect their take on business so much. Um, I think that they have definitely made social media like their bitch Mm -hmm. as far as branding and marketing and getting people interested, Mm -hmm. which seems to really do 90% of the work. Which is insane to me. It's insane. Like, when they started... I think Twitter was a thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. I forget, but it wasn't... Social media was not the game for them. And I think it was something about... I remember on Twitter, they used to actively sort of, like, respond during the airings of the show. And, like, when Twitter became a thing, like, they would, they were pretty engaged with the audience and mm-hmm. sort of how they did stuff. And they still are in a lot of ways, but very much reserved. Although I will say... Chloe. Chloe Kardashian did like one of my posts recently. <laughs> She does not follow me. Twitter. But she know on, on Instagram. Oh. Yes. Yes, that is becoming the one that matters. And it and she liked I forget what post it was. It was I think it might have been a Jennifer Coolidge video I posted or something, but she liked it. Yes. And, uh, yes. and I remember I, t- I, I texted you the second. <laughs> the second she liked because I mean Instagram and the thing is that even with that, someone as big as Khloe Kardashian, who has millions and millions of followers, mm-hmm. when that person likes one of my ridiculous follow level tweet Instagram account, like lower, much, much lower than her. Like I'm, I'm Delaware compared to her Texas or something. Like I am, I'm so, no one anyone in Delaware, but I'm such a small little thing compared to her and Instagram. Um, I don't even get Instagram notifications really other than people. I choose like messages. Mm-hmm. Instagram told me, Oh, it was a big deal. Instagram told me She's that Chloe Kardashian, right? Yeah. I think something is there. Cause I knew Instagram. I got a notification telling me that Chloe Kardashian liked my tweet or my, my Instagram, which so blew iconic. me away. So iconic. Right. But there is, they do have this impact on business in a way that like, and that wasn't always the case. And social media drives so much of what they do, even so much. So like with Kim, with everything she does for prison reform and sort of like the, her work, her, her civic action work, it is kind of mind blowing that like, cause when you post an Instagram post, I mean, people do things cause you have a lot of followers as well, but like, do you see the same sort of results that Kim does? Do you know what I mean? Oh, in Turk, that, who does? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like who really does? It's kind of, it's, it's sort of insane to me that they've been able to have that sort of impact on social media. And it makes me wonder like, are, are they partially like the reason why we love social media so much? Cause they were, so, they are such a product of it in a lot of ways. And you see not only like the fans, but other companies and other celebrities kind of following suit and what they do. Yeah. Which is, I mean, they've just been around for so long and like back to Chloe, like Chloe is actually the only Kardashian I've had a like experience with. Oh, tell me more. Uh, back in, cause growing up in California, they used to do like the kiss FM, like Wango tangos. And I used to call and, be the 10th caller and have to name all this, the songs and win tickets. And I won tickets one year. And I, I mean, I know Chloe was literally just there probably doing like a, like a PR thing. Yeah. Like a PR, yeah. like, hi, this is Chloe. I'm at Wingo Tango. Probably yeah. got paid. Who the fuck knows back then? Thousands of dollars probably. And I just like ran by and just like, Oh my God, Chloe Kardashian grabbed her arm <gasps> and she said, Oh, hi, nice to meet you. And I was like on my way to meet the black eyed peas or something. Um, <laughs> But to go from that to literally like every tabloid, every new, every website and everyone knows your name to a household name. Like they have been in the game for so long. And if you love them or you hate them, 
you have to respect that. Respect the hustle. Respect, respect the, the hustle. hustle. Because that's really what it is. Yeah. I so it makes me wonder, okay, so they had they had that impact on culture in the way, insofar as they, you know, were there at the beginning of social media. They were there at the beginning of sort of like this sort of scripted, if you will, reality television life, where before it was a lot of survivor and, you know, real real quote unquote reality television. But the Kardashians really sort of set the stage for Real Housewives and all of these other shows that they're showing a slice of reality, but it's not quite full reality. Right. Some of it's staged. And they personified that and now that's a full brand. A full brand that so many reality shows base themselves on. And of course they've had their impact on sort of the 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 connection between social media and business and how they've been able to have successful businesses from all of that. But with this move to Hulu, sort of going back to what we were talking about originally, what do you think their impact on culture is changing now that they set the stage so much for like what how we view all of these things? And there are so many other avenues and places where people are and celebrities are being birthed, like TikTok, etc. Do they still have a cultural impact? Do they still matter in this sort of modern day of, of reality television? Um... I don't know if it matters because I don't know if anything else is going to try and even achieve to like what they're doing right now. I mean, I've seen shows, reality television shows try and come after Kardashians and we'll have like the Bradshaw brunch. (laughs) (laughs) We literally just had to look this up because we couldn't figure out the name of the show. The Bradshaw bunch. And it, it, it was, it was about the Terry Bradshaw who I believe was a football person. Although don't ask me about sports. And, it was about their family and their antics and et cetera. Yes, like yes. a wild family with a wild budget and yeah. a camera crew inside the house. Yeah. Like Chrissy knows best or this new D'Amelio thing. That's yeah. The D'Amelio family. And that's sort of, to me, the most clear connection to sort of a Kardashian connection in that they were a creature of sort of culture, pop culture, TikTok specifically. And now they have a Hulu show as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's Hulu at least. Yeah, they jumped. And did they jump? Where'd they jump from? I mean, no, they they got to jump like the regular television. Exactly. Yeah, and they just went straight to Hulu. Um, network television network stuff. Television. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. It's such a horrible Although I think they did days. have a, I mean, she just won Dancing with the Stars. True. The, the, the youngest one. I think she's the youngest. And um, it's so ancestral. I think one of them is dating a Barker. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think Landon Barker is dating the girl who just won. What a domino effect. Yeah, I don't, I forget the names yeah, of all yeah. of them. Yeah, but they're big on TikTok. And they, they've, they've moved into the Hulu space. And people, I mean, they're huge on social media. Huge. Yeah. So much so that I think they do sometimes give the Kardashians a run for their money when it comes to social media impact. Because they are the modern iteration of what a Kardashian keeping up with the Kardashians kind of would be. And so that makes me wonder, like, are we seeing a decline of the impact of the Kardashians or will they be able to compete with like a D'Amelio family? Well, I like to think that coming from the time maybe that I got interested and I am like an avid Kardashian fan, there are people out there who are, like you're telling me this information about the D'Amelios. I have never seen a D'Amelio TikTok in my life. Like I don't, they're just not on my radar. Yeah. So I like to think that there is, and maybe that makes me feel a little bit old, but like I, there is a huge following of people who are invested in yeah. this chapter yeah. of what we grew up with. You're, you're right. I mean, there is, it is, it is, that is new. The, mm-hmm. the D'Amelio family and the impact of the D'Amelio family is very new, which is why, I, but, but I mean, 
considering that they won one of the biggest shows on television, one of the, you know, Charlie did, Dancing with the Stars. And, I mean, I even interviewed for the magazine um, Dixie D'Amelio. So it's for the parting shot. Uh, and it's, so they are, they do have a relevancy in some, in a demographic that's like 25 and under in a lot of ways. And yeah. they're they're meeting that sort of, frankly, that perfect advertising sort of market of people where you want that teen to sort of mid-20s audience to be buying your stuff and doing all of the things. And so with that, the, like we were talking about, this last season of the Kardashians was kind of a snooze. There wasn't much to engage us. In, or us as longtime fans, of course, we're going to watch every single second and then text each other immediately as soon as something happens and we obsess over. But is that... that that such important 25 and under audience then going to be responding to the Kardashians and this, the new show and sort of where they're going in their lives right now in the same way. And are they able to keep us? I mean, they're going to, they can keep us of course, but are they going to be able to like maintain that sort of basic viewing audience who just like to see their hijinks? I think so. And it's because their ages are so sporadic. Yes. Like we also have like North on TikTok now which yeah. is just going to be the next chapter of... Do you think that's... I mean, that you think the, the children of the Kardashians are really going to be the ones that define sort of the future in a lot of ways? I see it. I think whether they like it or not. Yeah. Like, they were born to this family, and I think that just from watching them on the show, they have an interest in it. Yeah. And if Kris Jenner is around and still their grandma, like, she's going yeah. to show them the ropes, or Kylie's going to show them the ropes and what a what a perk to have if you are interested in it but yeah. there's also like you have to look at the side of like rob kardashian who has like such social anxiety about it yeah. and mental illness maybe that's tied into being on camera for mm. a certain amount of time that he didn't want to be on it yeah so you, but like i think if i were a 12 year old it would be the coolest thing in the entire world but yeah. but then you also have to deal with the ramifications of and the Kardashians might be Teflon. They really are. I mean, they they can survive every single sort of uh, scandal and storm. But the people that they're connected to, like a Kanye West, can't. True. And it sort of surprises me that, like, you know, Kim Kardashian has been able to sort of sail through being in that relationship with Kanye and all of the drama that happened with Kanye. And... and I don't know. It doesn't seem to stick to the Kardashians, but Kanye is in a situation. And I don't know if the kids will then be hurt by those connections or if they'll pull a Kris Jenner and just immediately be like, well, you're off the show, <laughs> you right. know, which is what happened with Rob or whatever it was like that. If it doesn't work for the show, they're not on the show kind of thing. Right. So like, yeah, I wonder about that. It also is scary to know that like you have the genetics of someone who's not well. Yes. Growing up with that in the back of your head has to be a little bit wild. And what that does to a young kid, I mean, just in general, you know, having a parent who's not well is already a problem, but to have it be so that you can't literally go anywhere or look at anything and to not see what people are saying about that parent of yours who is not well, you know, yeah. she can't, she can't go on TikTok. There's no way the parental controls can block her from seeing or block any of the kids from seeing yeah. these things being said about not only them, but particularly about their father who's unwell, you know? Yeah. It's, and that, but then again, they've had to contend with, you know, their mom on all the, everything that's happened with their mom over the years. And that's all very much readily available to them. For sure. It is kind of wild to me that, 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 
that 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 information is out there, and yet they still seem to be fine in yeah. a lot of ways. I mean, for what we see, because we don't see a lot of behind the scenes, of course. No, there's a, there's a power to knowing that, like, the moment that you step out of your house, that it's going to be recorded forever. Yeah, because like coming from my state. I just like sometimes pressing posts on like social media. I like, I just want to scream into the void. I'm like, yeah. ew, people need to like know me like that or like yeah. they get to like judge me like that. Yeah. I do. How do you handle that? Mm, I've gone through waves. Sometimes yeah. I don't care. Sometimes I care. But I think the storyline is like, I normally do care a little too much. And yeah. I also like, cause I don't care about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I care, but I hate that I care because in the long run, like social media to me is just like, it's not real life. No, but you no. can get, you can get like so sucked into it where it, it's a curated thing in a lot of ways. I always, I mean, I joke, but when people are like, are you on that app? Be real. I'm like, I don't want to be real. Like <laughs> there's nothing about my social media is real because if it was real, you would have a camera on me 24 seven. You'd see the really boring aspects of my life. Like it's just not, it's not real. And I see in a lot of ways with your social media and everything that you've sort of done in your career with, from Drag Race on and everything since then, where a lot like the Kardashians, you're able to sort of put out what you want out. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, on the show, other producers edit you on Drag Race and stuff. But like mm. on social media, you're able to sort of put out only what you want people to see, only how you want people to see you. And that is very Kardashian in a lot of ways, especially now with their new Hulu show, because they're not giving us anything that we that they don't have control over. Right. You know, everything we're seeing is them signing off on it in a lot of ways, which I think is a blessing for you in your life and how you can have your relationship with social media, but might be, I don't know, the downfall of the Kardashians in a lot of ways, because we're so used to someone else being the arbiter of what we see about the Kardashians. And now they're controlling that. And do they know what we want? I don't know. I feel like the power they have, like, we'll take the crumbs. Yeah. Like, we will take the crumbs. Yeah. At least I know I will, because I also can respect, like, there's a lot of shit that I don't want on social media, a lot of shit I have not shared on social media. Yeah. And I can't even imagine with that kind of audience. Yeah. Because no matter what you put online, there's going to be someone that doesn't like it, mm -hmm. and there's going to be someone that's going to tell you why they don't like it. Yeah. And honestly... It's not so much about like you, because I think when you're posting, you have to kind of like develop a thick skin, yeah. especially when you like you know grew up with it. Yeah. But um, people you love will read that mm -hmm. and affects them, and for some reason that I think affects me way more than like yeah how it can be, which is ultimately the difference between you and the Kardashians, and that like your entire family isn't famous, and they didn't sign up to right. be commented on or followed or you know all of those things but the kardashians they did and right. even if the kids were born into it they're still a part of it you know they're still in it and it's and they don't have a say in a lot of ways they have to just sort of accept it as a reality in their lives whereas for you you know that's not the reality and it's it's it can i can see that being harder in a lot of ways do you find social media like fun i used to I used to for a long time. I mean, I used to have a show that was like a Twitter theme show in New York that was like a comedy show that you would tweet and people could tweet at you and stuff. And I loved it when it was fun like that, when mm -hmm. it wasn't 
you know, something changed in the culture. And I mean, I, I don't want to get into the politics of like what changed because I don't know where it all started, but something changed in culture where everyone, and I think I'm, I, I participated in it in a lot of ways because, you know, you ride, you ride the waves of social media and it, there was this thing about everyone had to have a, a hot take on something. Everyone had to have a response to something. There was a think, think piece or everyone had to have an opinion on everything. And there was something in sort of like, I guess right at the end of the Obama years and the beginning of the Trump years where I started looking at those think pieces and sort of how they were being presented on social media and how people's opinions were being presented on social media. And I was just like, you know what? My opinion doesn't matter in every situation. I don't need to respond to everything. I don't need to have a a take on something of the moment that's trending on social media. Sometimes it's okay, pardon my French, to shut the fuck up and to just watch and be like I do with the Kardashians. I, I don't need my opinion on them really doesn't matter in the long run. And I just want to watch and sort of be a part of it. But now I find I'm very guarded on social media in that like, I, I don't post really on Twitter that often if I'm, unless I'm promoting something or on Instagram, I post clips and things that I find are funny. I don't even want to show my face half the time. I just, I just kind of want to post sort of the things that I find enjoyable mm-hmm. or I think are important and I don't need to share my opinion on a lot of things because unless it's relevant to me unless it's something that matters to me and right. that I have an actual experience with being I don't know gay or being a cancer survivor all these things like those are things I can talk to I can speak to mm-hmm. but I don't need to I don't need to talk about Ukraine because I have no relationship to it although I will share and repost the things that I think are important but I don't have a hot take on it or on Trump or on any of those things you know yeah so I just don't. How do you? Do you have you changed how you? I think that's a really good point that you made. Just like remember that at the end of the day, the people who you care about, like what they, how they think about you, and how they take you in, and those are normally people you see in real life, where you have real yeah. relationships. But they don't exist on social media. Yeah. Like they know that you're coming from a good place, and they know that you're a good person. You don't need to show that you're a great person, exactly. or show that you're exactly. happy, or relate to a topic you have no idea what you're talking about and look like a dumbass. Yeah. Like that doesn't need to happen. Yeah. And I think that's just something that we've, it's, it's, I mean, it's about just like getting older and maturing in life, but it's something that we've learned through social media because Mm -hmm. we've seen the beginning of it. I, I think I can, I mean, there's a moment that's standing out as you're talking right now. That's that for me is so emblematic of sort of how I approach social media that I think is so important. It happened during, at the beginning of COVID during the black, during the height of sort of the black lives matter movement at that point during George Floyd and all of those, the protests that were happening. And of course I was impacted in such a way and it was heartbreaking to see so many things happening. And then of course with COVID and you're feeling so isolated from it all and you want to participate, but you can't because of COVID and all the things. Mm -hmm. And I remember I wanted to say things, you know, but I was like, I, I, I don't know what to say. And I don't, I feel like whatever I say will, be wrong or misconstrued or or and i recognize that i'm a white person and i come from a place of you know white privilege and all these things so like i don't i don't i don't want to say the wrong thing either and it was and i thought i thought back to some of the other things in my life social media wise that i've said and i'm like maybe i need to amplify other voices use my whatever platform it is to amplify the voices of people who do have something to say in this respect and do have something to say in this arena that Mm -hmm. I think are important to have those voices out there. And that's sort of how I, 
have continued to approach social media in a lot of ways. If it, if I don't have sort of a skin in the game, if you will, and mm-hmm. and I don't, I, and it's not my place to sort of impart my opinion in this area because that's not my lived experience. Right. Well, then I'm not going to do it. But I'll retweet someone who has, says something really great that I think is valuable to retweet. Right. You know, and that's that's kind of where I've approached social media. And I think if more people did that. It might be a better place. Absolutely. Do you think so? Totally. Like when it comes to, I mean, not to go crazy, but like when it comes to like abortion, like yeah. that's something that I could never have yeah. a stake in because yeah. I can't. But yet you'd support women who, you know, do want to have that conversation or people in general, not just women. Does anyone right. who's able to have a child or who has had an experience in this situation area, like you want to support them and amplify their voice, but you don't have any experience in that area and so and my opinion is if it affects you yeah then you should be able to make your decision doing whatever the hell you want to do yeah and not let anyone tell you how to control your body or control yeah you're gonna support the voices and the people that you care about and that you think should have that voice and should be able to have that voice but at the same time i think there's some something respectable in recognizing like maybe i shouldn't i my my take is not appropriate in this moment absolutely, and and being mature enough to step back and say, I find that a lot with a lot of commentators who talk about, and I mean, the Kardashians have also handled this too. A lot of people who've talked about sort of gender identity and, and, and trans issues and people who have a hot take on, on gender and gender identity. And, and a lot of those people have never really met anyone from any walk of life that they're speaking on. Right. And that to me is the worst thing you can do if you're speaking on something you have no lived experience for and you've never met anyone from that lived experience and had an intimate relationship or friendship or conversation with mm-hmm. it's like well frankly uh you know be quiet yeah like, when, you, when you speak from a place of stupidity yeah and ignorance ignorance that's really what it is honestly so embarrassing it is embarrassing it's not cool yeah. it's just not it's just, just be cool just be cool <laughs> don't be all uncool <laughs> taking from a housewives quote <laughs> But I think that we also are speaking from like a place that's so nice. I'm so happy I did not have Instagram in high school, social media in high school. And that was just like so not. Because you, I mean, you graduated high school when? Not to age you. 2011. (laughs) Yeah. So you were right at the beginning of sort of when it all was starting. And I think I'm the same way. I did not have social media in high school at all. I had AOL and, you know, the early days of MySpace and stuff. But like, that was it. And it, it, I was more concerned with like the top eight that I was going to put in my grid on MySpace right. than I was anything else. And I'm so grateful that I didn't have that because I feel like I would have been a different person. I don't know. But that, that, that the other thing with that is there's an element of, you know, like the, the nostalgia of sort of looking back and being like, oh, well, things were better than without this thing. Whereas I think kids today who did, who have grown up with social media and who do have Instagram and all of those things, while their lived experience is very different from my lived experience at that age and the way I was shaped, I think it's interesting to see how they're being shaped. And I don't think it's good or bad. Right. I think it's, I think I need to understand sort of the impact it's had on them and try to be okay with it and sort of be like, well, that's just who you are little person. And that's cool too. For social media though, I do cherish that I can take a step back and just know where it came from. That it's not my real life. Yeah. And I didn't, 
I know that my real life relationships, at least when it comes to like non-business, yeah. are way more important. Yes, exactly. And that ultimately is the most important thing. I so you can li- always turn off social media. You can. You can delete it. You can say no to it. Or you can engage with it in the ways, whatever. You can do whatever you want, because that's what's so great about it. It's, or we can just talk about we it. We can just talk about it. Into a microphone. Can you, so my last question for you then, can you ever imagine a world in which Kim, Chloe, you know, Courtney, any any of them really, can you ever imagine a world in which they post something and you don't text me. <laughs> I'm like wondering what it would be. It would probably be Chloe's weird like migraine commercials. Oh. Have you seen those? Yeah. But yeah. Have you seen the weirder ones with Courtney as like a fairy? No. She's like promoting her new vitamin, Lemmy. I think it's called Lemmy. I have not seen that. And she's that. like, has Chloe like sleeping as like Princess in the Pea in some like CGI mattress. And then Courtney's like, has like a CGI fairy like sprinkling dust over her okay, while she's I'm sleeping. Looking that up immediately as soon yeah. as we stop recording. That stuff's bizarre. Yeah. But like also, if they ended up being like, we're done. Yeah. I mean, they will ne- they'll never actually be done. But if they, they were just like, be. you know what? We have enough money. Yeah, which they do. Close the factories. Yeah. Close the accounts. Yeah. I'm moving to Idaho. Wyoming. I mean, that's Kanyeville now. Who knows? That's Kanye and Jeffree Starville. (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell knows? I don't know. But if they did that, I'd be like, good for you guys. Yeah. Like, I just want them to be happy. That's how how invested I am. I'm just like, I I feel like I've known them. I've known of them now for so long that whatever they do... You just want them to be happy. I'll be happy. And they're a part of our lives. For better or worse, they've impacted us in ways that we, you know, how we watch television, how we wear makeup, how we buy products, how we wear clothes. But more importantly, I think they've, they've changed sort of how we, how we look at bodies. And even though their bodies have been created and morphed and things have been pulled and plucked, I do think there is some value in sort of seeing the spectrums of their bodies. I do think now they're, I, but I'm not, I'm not one to judge any shape that they are. And I, and I think that's, I don't know. That's been the biggest impact for me and that my love of Chris Jenner and I want to be Chris Jenner someday. I think you will be. I think I will be. I kind of am in our friend group in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I am the one who's like, I'm the driver. Yeah. Yeah. You like to run the ship. So what do you, do. you know the schedule too. I do. You always know the schedule. I know what so is So you're happening. coming here yeah. this day and you're <laughs> staying till that. What, what are you doing? What's, what's up? I know, I know. It's so bad, but it's so perfect at the same time. <laughs> well, Naomi, thank you so much for being here. Of course, thank you so much for having me. I, this is like my favorite thing to do is sit at this very table yeah. and talk shit. We do it often. <laughs> I will always choose this over going to the club, I've realized. I was driving out here and I was like, this is like my safe space. Whatever. I love lie. that. My crappy table is your safe space. <laughs> wow. What do you think of this new iteration of the Kardashians? Let me know, and let me know what you thought of today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. Thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review, and maybe share it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, be sure to subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. Until then, watch something fun, and have a great day. <laughs>